When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's good, people? Welcome to the Destination Devi Waiver Wire Show, Week 4 edition. I'm your host, Ike. Follow me on Twitter at just underscore Ike09. And I am one half of the Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, dropping every Thursday on the channel. So please be sure to check that out. But today, once again, we're going to go through the wire, talk through Week 4 ads and pickups on the backs of a wild and crazy roller coaster ride of a Week 3 where we saw three major upsets. The Cowboys, Ravens, and Jags all go down when they were all favored by at least seven and a half points. Lost to inferior teams. Very, very weird week. But then also it was capped off with the Miami Dolphins scoring 70 points against the Broncos. 70 points. 726 total yards. Video game type numbers. Playing Madden on rookie mode type stuff. Like this is, man... It, it, that's as bad as it gets for the Sean Payton uh, Broncos, man. Because yeah, they were they were they were yapping all off season, and man, they are getting that comeuppance, one hundred percent getting that comeuppance. But you know, as we're all aware, we are working through the wire each week, and it it is the best opportunity to continue to improve your squad, especially when we have these bye weeks coming up. Can't believe we're already a month into the season, already a month into the season, and. You know, we got bye weeks coming in week five. Week five buys are the Browns, the Chargers, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers. And so, with you know, a lot of these pickups in mind, we'll definitely be be targeting some of these some of these some of these players that'll help you, you know, get through some of those tough weeks because they're 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 slowly and sh- surely approaching. And speaking of tough, got to get to the injuries. Injuries continues to you know continue to rear its ugly head. But we didn't have as many injuries this week, but we did have a few major ones or one major one. And that's, you know, Mike Williams charges wide receiver tearing his ACL. They confirmed it today. So his season is over. And we'll talk a little later about what you should do in that situation. If you do have Mike, a lot of Mike Williams shares and, you know, what receivers you should be targeting. And then just, you know, a couple of other injuries to note. Derek Carr sprained his AC joint. Quarterback for the Saints, sprained his AC joint, avoided a major injury because the way, you know, when I saw it on the on the broadcast, man, it, it, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. And I don't think they reshowed it. I don't think they reshowed any other angle because he was he was slammed to the ground pretty hard, but avoided a serious injury. For all intents and purposes, we're gonna see the 30 for 30 legend, Jameis Winston, take over. In the meantime, Dennis Allen did say head coach Dennis Allen did say he's week to week. So uh we'll we anticipate him missing some time. And then Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards for the for the Ravens running back, 
he hasn't he had a concussion he left and I, I believe in the third quarter so we saw melvin gordon you know takes basically take over the backfield after that so more on more on that a little bit later we anticipate gus edwards missing some time as well usually when someone has a concussion they at least from what we've seen this year and in years past, they're probably not going to play the following week. And then also Jimmy Garoppolo, he's in the concussion protocol as we speak. That was confirmed today by head coach Josh McDaniels. So he's, I anticipate that he's going to miss a week. And I believe the backup is Brian Hoyer or some old journeyman. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And then lastly, we had Rashad Bateman, Ravens wide receiver, had a hamstring injury. He just hasn't gotten it going this year, man. Just hasn't gotten it going, and it's it pains me because I I was I was you know buying the dip, the proverbial dip on Rashad Bateman during best ball draft season, but it's not yielding any returns yet. Unfortunately, it's not yielding any any type of return, and so that that is unfortunate. So that Ravens receiving core and that just Ravens team in general, they're just just ravaged by injuries. They had a lot of starters out on offense and defense against the Colts, not necessarily why they lost. There was a lot of other things that led to them losing, but ha- having a lot of starters out does, does potentially factor into that. And so th- those, those are, those are some of the injuries that I wanted to highlight before going into a brief recap of some of the week three players that we kind of touched on last week. First is Zach Moss played over 60 snaps again for the second straight week. They just, right now, until Jonathan Taylor comes back, they don't trust anybody else in that backfield. They just don't. They simply don't. Yeah, I know Trey Sermon was brought up, and he he played some snaps. I think he played about 15 to 17 snaps, but Zach Moss dominated the work, had 30 carries, had 122 yards, had a 17-yard touchdown catch against that tough Ravens defense. And so, you know, that that was that was a you know a, a very, very good sign for for Zach Moss, at least when Jonathan Taylor comes back over, you know, in the next couple of weeks, he might have he might have earned himself onto the field, earned himself some playing time onto the field. And I was, you know, way too low on him several weeks ago, but he's 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 turning out to be a a, a bright spot for the Colts, him and Michael Pittman, and obviously Anthony Richardson as well. So that Colts offense, I mean, that they've just been competing this year. They've been competing a little a lot a lot more than people have uh, anticipated them to. So so good for them, good for the Colts. But again, the eventual return of Jonathan Taylor is upon us. We we see we see that at least Jonathan Taylor leading the backfield and you know Zach Moss potentially mixing in. How how much he he'll mix in remains to be seen. But just keep keep in mind uh, those Zach Moss owners. The next guy is Tank Dell. Tank Dell has has been awesome for the Texans. Second straight week he's led the team or the wide receiver te- wide receiver group in targets and target share. Turning in a five catch, 145 yard day and a touchdown. Man, he's he he's been balling, man. He's been balling. Him and CJ Stroud have a lot of chemistry, and I think that can continue um, over the over the course of the season. Um, CJ Stroud, on the other hand, like third most passing yards by a quarter by a rookie in his first three games in NFL history, and that trailed only Cam Newton and Justin Herbert. So that's pretty good company. And you know, CJ Stroud right now is top five in passing yards per game. Top five in passing yards per game. Their pass rate over expected was a lot higher than we anticipated going into the season. We thought we were just going to get a lot of runs, protecting the ball, protecting your rookie. But they've been airing it out. They have two viable pass catchers that they can target with Tank Dell and, and Nico Collins. Right now, C.J. Stroud is a top 12 fantasy quarterback. 
over the next three weeks, he's got Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Pittsburgh and Atlanta do have, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh and New Orleans, they do have a pretty good front seven. So it may be a little bit of a challenge, but we're not scared of, we're not scared of Atlanta. Atlanta is a pretty good matchup for, for quarterbacks. But the bottom line is CJ Stroud shouldn't be on waivers. If you didn't pick him up last week, now's the time to get him again. Like now's the time to get him to stash him, especially with these bye weeks coming up. And you're going to need a streaming quarterback. And he, you can do a lot worse than a right now current top 12 quarterback in fantasy. And then we had Jaden Reed, rookie wide receiver for the Packers, had three catches for 63 yards, could have had a bigger day for them. Uh, He dropped a touchdown from Jordan Love in the corner of the end zone, just kind of went off his hands. And, you know, the the defensive back, I think, kicked the ball out of his hands as he was landing. So didn't complete the catch, but he still ran the second most routes on the team and then had the second most targets amongst that wide receiver group. So look, Jaden Reed, he's earning he's earned his way onto the field as, as a slot guy primarily as a slot guy i mean we're gonna see christian watson come back eventually and we'll see how the the targets get deployed when that when that time comes but Jaden reed has been pretty good uh, for fantasy uh just kind of give you some back-end production but on the flip side we do have to talk about some of the duds sam howell was dreadful versus buffalo we did gene and i we did talk about this one on the pod this was going to be his biggest test versus the bills defense and he he did not pass he failed 170 yards passing and four interceptions. I know the, the the weather was was really really bad. It was really wet, really slick, but he he was he was turning the ball over left and right, and he, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't ready for the moment quite yet. But you know over over the course of the season, I think he'll 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 fill in admirably at, from a streaming perspective in in better matchups and in better weather conditions. And then Craig Reynolds, the Lions, the Lions running back, only had four carries despite playing the second most snaps. So we basically anticipated him being the early down grinder, like they, like they were, like they, like they had with with, with David Montgomery. But the roles were basically reversed with, between him and Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs was was the guy that was getting the most most of the carries. Jameer Gibbs had 17, 17 carries for eighty yards. I didn't I didn't see that coming. And only caught one pass. Now there wasn't really a much target distribution amongst the running backs in general, but that was that was quite a, that was quite a surprise to many to many of us who anticipated different roles for them. And then uh, Josh Reynolds, wide receiver, he was playing pretty well over the first couple first couple of weeks of the season, but he laid an egg this time. Now this could be attributed to the fact that he was on the injury report most of the season with the, most of the most of the week leading into the game due to a groin injury and he didn't, didn't get any targets. Instead, we got Khalif Raymond getting a lot of targets. And so I think better days are ahead for Josh Reynolds. But, you know, I mentioned, I mentioned this last week, Jamison Williams is coming back in, in the, over the next three weeks. And so we're going to see how that, how that plays out. But Josh Reynolds did lay an egg last week, but enough about that. Enough about week three. Let's go into week four pickups. So the first one I want to talk about, briefly mentioned him, 30 for 30 legend himself, Jameis Winston. Not really not owned at all across the major platforms on Sleeper, ESPN, and Yahoo. The bright side about this pickup is for Chris Olave, fantasy managers. He's going to target the hell out of Olave because when he got in there, Olave had a 33% target share once he took over for Derek Carr. And so he's going to be targeting early and often. And this passing t- this passing attack will be Olave, Michael Thomas, and 
Alvin Kamara, who's basically his his suspension is is up. His, his three game suspension is up, so he will also factor in. And I mean, we'll have a little bit of Rashid Shahid. We'll have a little bit of Jawan Johnson, but I anticipate this being a very consolidated target share uh, um, uh, for that Saints passing attack. Next quarterback and last quarterback that I'll talk about is Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett coming off a really, really good game against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday night. He is 29% owned on Sleeper, 27% owned on Yahoo, and 26% owned on ESPN. This was actually his first multi-touchdown game of his career. His first multi-touchdown game. I know he's he hasn't had that many snaps, but for starting quarterback in this league where people are throwing for double-digit touch, you know, multiple touchdowns a game, this being his first multi-touchdown game is kind of it's kind of surprising. But nonetheless, we'll take it. Really good showing from that uh, from, from that offense for the most part against the, the Vegas Raiders last night. But He's got a favorable schedule over the next month and a half or so. I do, you know, we, he does have Houston and Baltimore over the next couple of weeks. They'll, those aren't great matchups, but he has the bye. But then after the bye, he's got the Rams, he's got the Jags, and he's got, he's got Tennessee. They all, they're all very, very beatable through the air. And they have the, you know, they have the personnel to, to get it done. And over that span, we'll probably see Deontay Johnson return from his uh, hamstring injury. So that'll give him even more firepower. So keep an eye on Kenny Pickett, stash him. He'll definitely pay dividends for you, especially in those buy, buy heavy weeks. All right, now on to running backs. Obviously the biggest one, he should probably be owned. He should be owned in most leagues, but according to the data, that's not very true. Devon A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, only 42% owned on Yahoo. The guy just came off of 200, 200 yards rushing and, and four total touchdowns. Absolutely bonkers. 50 fantasy points. Just doing whatever we wanted against that Broncos defense, who we thought was pretty decent. Pretty decent. But I guess not. I, I, I guess not. They they just completely laid down. They just let the Dolphins do whatever they want. And Devon A-Chain was one of the main beneficiaries of that. Now, with Devon A-Chain's usage, he did, he, he did play 42% of the snaps, which was second behind Mostert. But he did have more of the rush attempts. He had 43% of the rush attempts. And to, to most of I think, 32 or 33. And then also only had 39% route participation, which isn't great. But, you know, a guy like this that can literally break the big break the big run at any given moment in time, this is why they drafted him. This is why the Miami Dolphins drafted him. And they put him on the field to to do just that, to to continue to, you know, to to, to, to rip off these long, these these big plays. And even with Jeff Wilson coming back in a couple of weeks, we're not really worried about that because if you if you if you watch this guy do what he did, you're not keeping him off the field. You're not keeping him off the field at all. So I, I think when Jeff Wilson comes back, he's probably not going to get that much work. Special teams at best, but Devon A. Chain and, and and Raheem Mostert, this it's it's the, it's a tandem backfield in Miami, a speed tandem backfield in Miami. So if you're if you're gonna Go after Devon A. Chain. You got to be aggressive. Most of your league mates, league mates will. They'll probably go max bid. I would. I would probably go as close to a max bid as possible because you're not going to find guys like this on the waiver wire, probably for the rest of the season. Especially a guy like with this ability, this home run hitting ability, that can have over 400. I'm sorry, over 200 yards and four touchdowns. It's not. It's not going to happen. You're not going to find it. So I would be aggressive and go after him. 
max bid if you have to. And the next guy, Melvin Gordon, briefly talked about the Ravens' backfield. Melvin Gordon's not widely owned across the platform. It's just between 1% and 2% owned across ESPN, Yahoo, and Sleeper. He was the top back after Gus Edwards went out due to a concussion. He saw 10 carries for 32 yards and another couple of couple of catches for 23 yards. So he was decently and you know mildly productive. So we just need to the one thing here is that we just need to monitor Justice Hill's uh, health. He did miss uh, last week's game and the injury is not believed to be serious and if that's the case then we'll see, you know, Melvin Gordon and Justice Hill mix in together. But if not, it's it'll be Melvin Gordon's backfield. It'll be Melvin Gordon's backfield uh, to himself. And I know Melvin Gordon is 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 up there in age, but he can still he can still get you some 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 usable weeks. Now, some honorable mentions, just some just some guys to, to either stash or guys that you know we may have mentioned in previous shows. That what are you waiting for? You need to go ahead and just continue to go after them. First one, Roshan Johnson, forty eight percent owned on Yahoo, thirty three percent on ESPN. But sleeper, they're starting to they're starting to smarten up a little bit, a lot more actually. There's he is nearly at sixty percent ownership on sleeper. So again, this was another week where he outproduced Khalil Harbert. Got more touches, got more yards. It's only a matter of time before he takes over the backfield. And with that offense struggling, especially through the passing game, they're going to potentially lean on the run a little bit more. That'll benefit Roshan Johnson. So definitely pick him up if you haven't already. Please, love God. Next, Matt Breida, Giants backup running back. He did score a touchdown against his former team on Thursday night. Saquon Barkley does have a high ankle sprain, so we'll have to we'll see how he responds heading into the Monday night game against the against the Seahawks. He's they anticipate him being ready or even at least having a chance to play, but with high ankle sprains, those take a lot longer to to heal than your, than your regular and your normal ankle sprain. I mean, hell, um, Austin Eckler he, he hasn't practiced since hurting his ankle a couple of weeks ago. Now we don't know if it's a high ankle sprain. I don't think they've told us that it's a high ankle sprain, but we we believe it may be. This is a similar situation. And so I I, I anticipate Brita maybe getting one more start and getting a getting a start in, in a, maybe a better matchup. Maybe he'll have more opportunity to do something against the Seahawks. And then just really quick, three rookies that you should definitely stash to pay dividends for you later on down the line. Kendra Miller backup Saints running back. Only 40% owned, 46% owned on Sleeper, 20 on ESPN, and 34 on Yahoo. He'll probably serve, for all intents and purposes, as the backup behind Alvin Kamara. Um, we're not really worried about Tony Jones. Tony Jones is hasn't been efficient on his touches. And we Kendra Miller missed the first couple of games, and this is his first week active. So he still needs to kind of get things up, get his legs under him, get up to speed, get acclimated to the to to the to real live game action against against the, the best competition. So Kendra Miller, good good stash. Sean Tucker for the Buccaneers, backup running back behind Rashad White. Again, you never know what what could happen. Um if Rashad if something happens to Rashad White, he'll he'll stand a benefit. And he's shown some explosive ability. I know the last time he he played, he he wasn't very good with the with the ball in his hands, but back you know, if you're going back to Syracuse, he was a prolific rusher. So this is a guy that you want to have on your bench. And then Tajay Spears, running back for the Titans, outsnapped Derrick Henry again, 27 to 17. This is the second time in three weeks that he's done that. Uh, four carries and four targets. Wasn't very good with them, but 
again, this Titans offense, they they just they just have a lot of stuff to figure out. And they haven't done so quite yet. So um if if this offense continues to go in the direction that it's going in, they may have they may ask Tajay Spears to play a little bit more because Derrick Henry, he didn't look good himself. Hasn't really looked good that much um over the course of the season so far. And so that's just one more guy to potentially stash. Now on to wide receivers. The first one is Josh Palmer. 1.7% owned on ESPN, 3 on Yahoo, and 5% on Sleeper. So after Mike Williams went out um, due to his knee injury, his route participation jumped to 100%. Saw seven targets on 40 routes, scored a touchdown. So he was actually pretty productive in there when Mike, Mike Williams went out. So that's a guy that you could definitely prioritize on your waiver wire. And then the other guy is Quentin Johnson. He's a little, he's more, he's more uh, owned on across the major platforms, 42% owned on ESPN, 32 on Yahoo and 51 on sleeper. He was drafted in most leagues that I've, that I was in or in most leagues in general and, and then dropped after the first couple of weeks. So if he's dropped on your waivers, definitely pick him up. He should now factor into three wide receiver sets. Or at least we hoped. Hopefully he's not splitting time with, I think, believe Darius Davis or some. I believe that is his, that's his name, a guy that I've never heard of. And so that that just that 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 gives me some pause, just a little bit of pause, because that kind of means that, or it kind of signals that they don't necessarily trust Quentin Johnson that much, at least right now. And that, you know, it's early in the season; it's week three. You know, let's 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 get to like week ten, week eleven, week twelve to see where. Quentin Johnson's you know route participation is and how much the coaches trust him and see how little he's rotating with with guys that we've never heard of before and hopefully he's getting targets by that time. Next is Marvin Mims, twenty seven percent owned on Sleeper, twenty seven on Yahoo, and eight point six percent on ESPN. Broncos wide receiver, look they 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 need something right. They need something. They need a spark, and Marvin Mims seem is, is seemingly providing that for them. But the only problem is they don't play him that much. He's only playing 25% of the snaps so far. And he's, he, he continues to show that he's an explosive playmaker every time he touches the ball. Like this last game, he had three catches for 73 yards. And then he had a, an electrifying punt return touchdown. Like the guy just, he, 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 gets, like he gets in the game and he just starts cooking. But for some reason, Sean Payton doesn't want to play him that much. I mean, he... He only ran 11 routes on Sunday, but it was targeted on five of those. And again, it turned that turned that into three catches for 73 yards. And I was looking at a tweet from Scott Barrett earlier today. The Broncos' longest gains of 2023. Number one, obviously Marvin Mims at 99, 99 yards. Number two, Mims at 60, 353. Four was Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson at 50. Number five is Jerry Judy at 46. And then six through 10, all Marvin Mims, 45 yards, 38 yards, 30 yards, 30 yards, 25 yards, has seven catches and just five kick returns this year. And that's what he's done. That's what he's done in three games. You got to play him more. Stop playing Brandon Johnson over Marvin Mims. But yeah, Marvin Mims, definitely worth a stash. You definitely need to make sure you pick him up because there's a chance that he earns more playing time as the season progresses. This it just should not be this hard. It should not be this hard. He should be on the field more often than not. Next, we have another rookie wide receiver for the Colts, Josh Downs. Josh Downs had a pretty good game 
eight catches for 57 yards, no touchdowns, but had 12 targets, and that equated to a 29% target share. Participated in around 84% of the time, and that was well working well ahead of, of, of Alec Pierce. And so Josh Downs has earned himself onto the field in the slot role. He's he's making his mark in short areas of the field, and he's a you know a nice PPR friendly wide receiver. And again, as I mentioned earlier, with these bye weeks coming up, he can be a definitely be a nice fill in and maybe provide you for you know pro- provide you some you know wide receiver three plus upside uh, as the season goes on. And then lastly, we're going to go shift gears to the the Carolina Panthers wide receiver room. DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall. If DJ Chark's available, I mean, he was drafted in most leagues as well, but with John Domingo's concussion, I, I believe DJ Chark should be a priority. He had uh, four catches for 86 yards and a touchdown against the Seahawks. Now, Andy Dalton threw 58 passes, so the pass volume was kind of, was. it seems like it was kind of an anomaly there because of, but because of the trailing game script. Um, but he, he's definitely worth a pickup. And then Terrace Marshall, he actually played Jonathan Mingo's role exactly after Mingo left uh, due to that concussion. Uh, he went out and he saw eight targets. And so if you if you're in a pinch, if you definitely need some bodies to put out there, we don't know the extent of Bryce Young's ankle injury. Maybe Andy Dalton's out there for another week or two, and they may be passing the ball and, and, and trailing game scripts. These are two guys that you could look to, especially when bye weeks start especially to fill in for any potential injuries you may have. All right, so that rounds out wide receivers. Lastly, we'll go to the grossest position of tight end. But first, we'll go. We'll start with Gerald Everett, Chargers tight end. He's still available in, in quite a few leagues, 65 to 70% availability across the major platforms. His targets are going to – I mean, it's real simple. His targets are going to go up with, Mike, with the Mike Williams injury. And this past week, he ran 24 routes, was targeted on six of those. Versus his backup tight end, Donald Parham, who ran 17 rounds, was targeted on two of those. Now, Donald Parham had two touchdowns. He's obviously not going to be a priority add on waivers because his playing time and his target share is not going to warrant you putting him in your lineups. Gerald Everett's is. Gerald Everett's production will come. His touchdowns will come because he's playing the most. And he's on a high-powered offense with with a quarterback like Justin Herbert and an offense that likes to use their tight end now they like to use a little bit of a rotation but gerald everett is the best guy out of that rotation so i think better days will come for gerald everett but he's a guy that you keep in mind with the mike williams injury and then we got Cade ott and buccaneers tight end they're actually playing tonight playing right now as we speak don't know what's going on in the game don't know the stats haven't looked yet um so but he he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty decent target uh, he's coming off of a six-catch, 41-yard game in week two. And then he's facing the Eagles, who have been dreadful at covering the tight end. So he has a pretty good matchup so far uh, for uh, against against the Eagles on Monday night. So hopefully he can continue to exploit that, and he'll be higher on your, pri- on your priority list on waivers. Now this last one, this last player that I'll talk about, a little bit of a deeper, little little bit of a deeper ad in deeper leagues. But he, it's a Miami Dolphins tight end, and his name is not Durham Smythe. His name is Julian Hill. Name is Julian Hill. He significantly outsnapped Durham Smythe on Sunday and ran three times as many routes. Now, he only got one target, but the only reason that Durham Smythe had a lot of 
that you know production and the and, and the snap share was because Julian Hill was injured the first couple of weeks, but he worked well ahead of Durham Smythe, and I think he's going to be the pass catching tight end for that team moving forward. And a general rule of thumb is you want players on good offenses that are going to score points. And what you what you need from tight ends, you don't really need much. You just need them to fall into the end zone, and that's all you need. So I think eventually at some point he'll, he he may get some sort of work but this is just like a, a deep, more so of a deeper league ad if you're if you're just kind of looking for for a stash or someone to pop you know later in the season but julian hill rounds out my tight ends and that actually rounds out my week four waiver wire targets appreciate y'all tuning in be sure to max bid on devon a chain Good luck and you know, good luck for the remainder of these week three matchups. Hopefully, y'all y'all bring home the W. Good luck in week four. I'll highlight y'all. Peace.